0: enjoy the message well I've titled this message today the god of miracles the god of miracles how many of you know that god is the god of miracles how many of you have ever experienced a miracle from god in your life all of us uh, many hands going up have encountered god working miracles in our life and and you may have showed up today here on this Sunday and you may have walked through the doors and you need a miracle in your life or or maybe you know someone that needs a miracle in their life. I just want to share with you some very good news today that the God that we've been worshiping this morning, the God that we've been praising this morning, the God that we love and the God that we serve, He's a living God and He's a God who continues and still works miracles today. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful for that? So God works miracles. In Psalm 77 uh, verse 14, the psalmist here, he's, he's really uh, looking back when, when God delivered the people out of Israel. But this is the song that he declared here when he talked about God being a God of miracles. And the psalmist said in Psalm seventy-seven fourteen, he says, You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the people. You are the God who performs miracles. The the Lord that we've been lifting up this morning, the Lord that we've been worshiping this morning. He is the Lord God who performs miracles. And and my prayer this morning was That he would perform perform miracles in your life. And not only that, but there would be a a display of the power of God among the people. That's what he said. There would be a display of the power of God among the people. And I pray, that's my prayer. Not Not any manufactured power, but I'm talking about the supernatural power of God would flood every heart here today and that we would be encouraged knowing that God performs miracles. Now, what is a miracle? Uh, my definition from my Bible that I read from said a miracle is God's supernatural intervention in human matters. God's supernatural intervention in human matters. How many of you showed up this morning and you could use some supernatural intervention in some matters in your life? Come on. Every one of us could. We could use that supernatural intervention in our situations, in our life today. And the good news is, is that the Bible, the Bible is full. of miracles the Bible is full of supernatural intervention in the lives of human matters from Genesis to Revelation it's recorded different miracles that have taken place over time that we see our our living God working wonders and working miracles on behalf of people and here's what I like to do when I'm reading my Bible and I'm reading about these different accounts that we see in the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation, these different miracles. I like to put myself right there in the middle of it. I want to be right there in the middle of that miracle that we read about so many in the Bible. Just imagine putting yourself in the middle of the Red Sea. Can you imagine being there when, when, when God parted the waters for the people of God to pass through? Can you imagine being right there in the middle of that wall of water and walking through on dry ground? Can you imagine being in the middle of the wilderness and manna falls and manna's on the ground for you to be able to eat? Uh, Can you imagine uh, being in the middle of that march around the walls of Jericho and all of a sudden the walls come crashing down. Can you imagine being a part of that miracle? How about this? Could you imagine being on a boat and and, and there's a storm around you and and you're scared and you feel like your life is over with and and you're there on the boat with your buddies and you look out there on the water and you see somebody walking to you but it's Jesus. It's Jesus walking on the water and he's walking to you. He's walking on the very thing that has you afraid and scared because Jesus is greater than anything that we face he's walking on the water to save you can you imagine that can you imagine being in somewhere and, and, and there you are in a group and there's somebody there and their eyes are blinded and Jesus comes and lays hands on them and their blinded eyes are open and they're able to see for the very first time. Can you imagine being right there in the middle of that miracle? Can you imagine being there in that one room and you, you feel some dust falling on top of you and some uh, dirt crumbling and all of a sudden the ceiling busts open and there's a man lower down on a mat and he can't walk and Jesus Uh, heals him and he, he picks up his mat and he takes off walking, running and jumping and praising the Lord. Can you imagine being right there in the middle of that? Hallelujah. Can you imagine being on the hillside? Thousands and thousands of people and you're there on that hillside and Jesus is out there and he's teaching and he's preaching and there you are with thousands of people and all of a sudden your little belly starts to growl. And you're ready for something to eat and you're looking for McDonald's, but there is no McDonald's. You're looking for that McDonald's and it's not there. And, and all they have right there is, is a tiny little boy with a little bit of fish and a little bit of bread. And you sit there and watch that little boy come up there to Jesus and give him what he's got. And he takes that bread and he takes that fish and he breaks it up in little pieces and he feeds thousands and thousands of people. Can you imagine being in the middle of that? And Jesus went on to do even greater things, so much so that, you remember what John wrote about Jesus in John 21, 25? John said that Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of uh, them were written down, he says, I suppose that even the whole world would not even have room for the books that could be written about Jesus. Listen, friend, I'm here this morning through the power of God to remind you that God is a God of miracles. He's a God of miracles, hallelujah. And I wanna share with you a powerful miracle that Jesus performed that's recorded in the Gospel of Luke. If you have your Bible, you can go ahead and open up to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 7. Chapter 7, I'm going to be speaking from verses 11 and 17. And and I pray that this message today will encourage you and inspire you to trust God for miracles in your own life. Here's what I believe happens sometimes. We, we gather like this and we read our scriptures and we sing in faith and we know the word. And, and we believe, we declare uh, as believers in Christ that God is a God of miracles. We believe that. And then we believe that God can touch my sister or he can touch my brother. But you know where the problem comes in sometimes? We have a problem trusting God for miracles in our own life. And so I believe today that God wants to speak to you and inspire your faith that as you face some impossible situations in your life, that God is preparing you today to have faith, to see God work a miracle, uh, to see God supernaturally intervene in, a, in your human matters, in your situation. I believe God wants to build our faith today so we can be ready to encounter and to see God work some miracles in these last days. Friend, listen to me. We, we need to believe God and trust God that he's able to do miracles still today. He is a God who performs miracles. We had a uh, a testimony a few weeks ago, three of them actually. We had a Celebration of Hope service here. And if you were able to par- be a part of that service or whether you were watching online, we had people come to this platform and declared how God had healed them and God had touched them. And it just reminded me that God worked miracles then and he works them today. Listen, your situations may change from day to day, but guess what? God never changes. He's still the God of miracles. Hallelujah. So we see here in Luke chapter 7 a powerful miracle that's going to encourage all of us today to believe God. Luke chapter 7, verse 11, 17. Luke says, Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain. And his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As Jesus approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her. Some translations say that his heart was uh, just overflowed with compassion. So Jesus' heart went out to her with compassion, and he said to the widow, don't cry. And then he went up and he, and he touched a coffin and those carrying it stood still and he said, young man, I say to you, get up. Some translations say arise. Young man, Jesus said, I say to you, arise, get up. The dead man sat up and he began to talk and Jesus gave him back to his mother and they were all filled with awe and they praised God saying, a great prophet has appeared among us, they said, God has come to heaven. Help his people. And the news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding country. Let us pray. Father, thank you again for your word today. Thank you for your anointing, Holy Spirit. May you anoint our time together. God, please speak through me and into the lives of everyone here that it would just sink deep into their hearts and that we would all be encouraged in our faith today to believe you that you're still the God of miracles. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, Luke tells us here in uh, chapter 7 that Jesus entered this town called Nain. Say Nain. Amen. He entered this town called Nain. Now, if you know your Bible and if you've uh, studied some things, you'll realize that this place, Nain, is the same area that back in the Old Testament around Second Kings chapter 4, you'll know there was a prophet by the name of Elisha. And Elisha was there, and you remember the story where he he raised back to life the the dead son of a Shunammite woman. And so God had already uh, done a great work in this land before, and now Luke records that Jesus uh, himself has uh, arrived here in this same area, this place called Nain. Now the word Nain... It means a place of beauty, a place of beauty. And the reason it was called a place of beauty was because people had a desire to live there because of the, the beautiful farmland. Uh, people had a desire to live in name because it was a beautiful, growing, and flourishing place. It was a beautiful place uh, full of promise for a great future. Nain was a beautiful place for somebody like a, a widow or the poor or the rejected or the outcast or the suffering. Uh, they could come to Nain and they could find resources to help them thrive again in life, even despite the problems that they had been through. Nain was a beautiful place, and Nain was a place that offered hope for a lot of people in that area. However, on this day that's recorded here, this place of beauty, this This place of hope was suddenly turned into a place of hopelessness, a place of heartbreak, a place of desperation, a place of fear, a place of despair. And the reason this place named, this beautiful place, was all of a sudden flipped upside down was because uh, as Jesus entered the town, it tells us that there was a funeral procession coming out. A funeral procession was coming out, and Jesus and his disciples, they meet this processional, and it says that in verse 12, Jesus approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow and a large crowd from the town was with her. This, this town was flipped upside down because of the death of this young son, this widow's only son. And I want you to notice the great need that we see here, not only in the widow's life, but all the people in the town of Nain. This widow's son had died and now they're on their way to a cemetery outside of the town and people are gathered around this precious lady and she's leading the processional along with this crowd. Sadly, this widow, she's lost her husband and now she's been dealt another blow of tragedy once again in her life, and she's lost her only son. This woman has lost her husband. She, he's, she's lost her only son. Her, her hope is gone. She's been hit hard. She's been hit hard in life with the unexpected. Does anybody know what it's like Just walked in this morning, and you know what it's like to be hit hard in life? You know what it's like to be hit with the unexpected. You know how it feels to take a blow uh, sometimes with what you deal with in this life. And there's, this is where this widow was at. She had been hit hard. She was desperate. Uh, she was in need for a miracle. And her son was her only hope. If you, really, if you realize the culture of that day, this woman was a widow, so she depended on her son uh, for everything else that she was going to need going forward. Her son, her only son, was her only hope. Her son was her hope for provision. Her her son was her hope for safety. Her son was her hope for security. Her son was her hope for a future. Her, Her hope was gone now because her son was gone. And this widow, she had a great need. Her hopes for a great future seemed to be dead and hopeless. That casket that was going through, all she could see was dead dreams and dead hopes and a dead future. And this widow, she's facing an impossible situation now that her husband and her son are dead. This poor widow is overcome. Listen, she's, she's been dealt some, some hard blows in life. She's lost her husband. She's lost her only son. Her, her stability, her security, her future looks like it's gone. And she's overwhelmed by the grief and the pain. And the Bible says that she's crying and she's weeping. And I wonder today... How many people are, are crying on the inside? It may not be visible tears coming out your eyes, but there's a lot of people that are that are broken and crying on the inside because of the great needs in your life. Does anybody know what it's like to have some great needs in your life? Does anybody know what it's like? They may not be tears coming down the face, but the heart is crying because of what you're going through. Crying because of the impossible situations that you may be facing in your life. Crying out because... Hopes uh, for a promising future have died right before your very eyes. Crying out in fear due to the uncertainty of the future. Crying out because of beautiful dreams that are shattered and hopes that have come crashing down. Listen, I'm just asking you this morning, are you going through something that has you weeping and crying on the inside? You're facing some impossible situations. You're going through some great needs and on the inside you're crushed and you're crying and you're weeping and you're broken hearted. Friend, listen to me. Sometimes, listen, just sometimes when we face these impossible situations all you can do is cry Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You you may not know how to pray. You, You may not know what to do next. Sometimes the prayers just don't seem to want to come out. Sometimes the wisdom's not there to know what to do next. And all you can do is just weep and cry because of what you're facing in your life. And you begin to cry out. Job knew something about that. Job said in Job 16, 20, he says, My eyes pour out tears to God. How many of you spent time just crying out to God, pouring out tears to God, trusting God that he would come and help you even in your needs and your life? Sometimes all you can do, sometimes all you can do is shed tears. Job went through suffering like many of us that are going through suffering today. But here's the good news, friend. listen, I know there's great needs in our lives. I know all of us face these things, but the good news is today is that Jesus sees us and he, and he not only sees us, but he hears our cries, and He's moved with compassion to come and help us. Aren't you thankful today for the great compassion of the Lord Jesus Christ? Hallelujah. In verse 13, it says, uh, "When the Lord saw her, His heart overflowed with compassion, and Jesus said, "Don't cry." When when the Lord saw her his heart flowed overflowed with compassion and he said don't cry Jesus saw this poor widow and and he overflowed with compassion because of her desperate situation listen to me friend Jesus could have kept right on walking he could have kept right on going and nobody would have ever known the woman didn't see Jesus Jesus saw the woman and he could have said you know what I got a busy schedule today me and the disciples got plenty to do but no he, he saw the tears he heard the cry and his heart was moved with compassion and he had to respond because that's who he is that's who he is God is love his love is unending and he's moved with compassion here and he comes and and it reminds me that Jesus sees us no matter what you're going through today friend. whoever you are no matter what you brought through the doors today no matter your need Jesus sees you and he cares for you and he wants to respond because he's a compassionate God the Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your cares upon him for he cares for you. Aren't you thankful today that you can cast your cares upon the Lord and he cares for you? I'm thankful today for that. I'm thankful, friend. I'm thankful today that Jesus sees me. I know you are. I'm thankful that not only does he see, he sees me, he cares for me. When I'm hurting, when I'm broken, when I don't know what to pray, when I don't know what to do, I know he sees me and he cares for me and he's moved with compassion. And when he's moved with compassion, that means Jesus is gonna respond to you. He's gonna come to you. Just like he came to this lady, he came to her. Aren't you thankful that Jesus comes to us when we're struggling? Hey, listen, he comes to us when we're struggling. We may be struggling physically. We may be struggling emotionally. We may be struggling mentally. But I know one thing, if you'll call on him, he'll come to you. He'll respond to you because he loves you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go ahead and clap and say thank you, Jesus. Even even when you're struggling with your faith and, you, and you're like, Lord, I'm wanting to trust you and I'm, I'm, I'm believing you to work here, but I'm having a problem here, God, I'm believing you and I'm struggling. Even when we're struggling and weak in our faith, Jesus still comes to us. He comes to us in our struggles. He comes to us in our despair. He comes to us in our storms. He comes to us in our painful seasons. He come, listen, just like this widow right here, he comes to us when all resources are gone. And sometimes I believe he lets everything that we've ever depended on, I, I, pray, I think sometimes he just lets it go so we can, we'll have to just look to him and trust him for everything. He comes to us when all the resources are gone and Jesus comes to us when the lights go out in life. And I know I'm talking to some people today, you've encountered those times when the lights have gone out in life. But I'm grateful, friend, that the light of the world, Jesus comes. He comes to us during those times. Aren't you thankful today? Jesus came to this woman and he was overflowing with compassion and he was overflowing with love because he knew what she was dealing with. He saw her cries, he heard her cries, and he responded because he knew what she was dealing with. And I want to remind everyone here today that Jesus knows exactly what you're going through. He knows what you're dealing with. He knows the situations that you're facing. He knows they look impossible. He knows it looks too hard. He knows everything that you're going through. And he's here ready to respond to help you in those times. Here we see this woman, this precious woman lost her husband lost her son, not only was she grieving, but can you just imagine what she's processing in her mind Her her companions are gone. Her protectors are gone. Her providers are gone. Her peace is gone. From the world standpoint and from, from the natural look, it does. It looks like everything's over for her. It looks like everything's impossible for her. It looks that way, friend. It looks that way. But thank God for Jesus. He comes. He comes to us in our lives when it looks like it's all over. He comes to us when it appears like there's no hope for anything else. He comes because he's moved with compassion. Aren't you thankful today? That the Lord's moved. When you're hurting and when you're in pain, when you're confused about what to do next, when you're facing fear of an unknown future, aren't you thankful that Jesus responds to us and He comes to help us because He loves us? Isaiah the prophet said in Isaiah 49 13, the Lord comforts His people and will have compassion on His afflicted ones. Psalm 145, 9. The Lord is good to all and He has compassion on all He has made. James 5, 11. The Lord is full of compassion and the Lord is full of mercy. Can you say thank God today for His love? Thank God. Listen, when the lights are out and you just feel like you've been knocked down and you don't know how in the world you're ever going to get up and go again, thank God that Jesus comes out of love and he helps you get up again so you can keep going hallelujah hallelujah lord help us today jesus sees you jesus cares for you and jesus has compassion on you because of what you're going through in your life he loves you and because he loves you he wants to help you because he loves you he wants to dry the tears from your eyes Because he loves you, he wants to comfort you in the sorrow that you're going through. Because he loves you, he wants to deliver you. Because he loves you, he wants to rescue you. Because he loves you, he wants to save you. He does all those things because he loves you. He loves you. Friend, listen, God is love. And everything that he does is motivated by his love. Aren't you thankful today for his love? And so Jesus has great compassion. And thank God for the powerful response that we see from Jesus. I want you to notice the great power of Jesus. Verses 14 and 15. Then Jesus went up and touched a coffin and those carrying it stood still. He said, young man, I say to you, get up. And the dead man uh, sat up and began to talk and Jesus gave him back to his mother. Can, can Can you just imagine that right there? being in the middle of that miracle and Jesus goes up and touches the coffin and tells that dead boy to, to arise and he sat, he sat up and he began to speak glory to God. I wonder what he had to say that day. Lord, have mercy. I was dead, but now I'm alive. I was blinded, but now I see. He, he, he sat up and he has a testimony from God because God commanded him to arise. There they are in this processional, And the unexpected happens. And Jesus tells this widow, listen, just picture this right here for a second. Picture this. Jesus tells this woman to stop crying. She's lost her husband. She's lost her son. Everything looks uh, dark for her from here on out. And Jesus looks at her and he says, I want you to stop crying. And not only do I want you to stop crying, he takes the, the pallbearers and he says, I want you to stop right here. So Jesus stops the woman from crying. He stops the pallbearers. He stops the funeral procession. And that's what Jesus does, friend. He stops, he stops some things in our life. He stops walks of despair. He stops those walks of fear. He stops the walk of pain. He stops the walk of worry. He stops the, the walk of brokenness. He stops that wall of hopelessness in our life. Aren't you thankful, friend, that Jesus can stop those things in our life and here's what amazes me he stops them there they are they're grieving Uh, this place of beauty has been flipped upside down and here they are all of them hopeless but at the same time they're right in the middle of a miracle they're right in the middle of a miracle and they don't even realize it and friend, you may have showed up today and you feel hopeless and you've been crying and you've been weeping and you're not sure what to do next and you're not sure how things are going to play out. I'm just asking you, the Lord really checked me on this when I was studying and preparing for this message. Could it be that you're right in the middle of a miracle and you don't even realize it? That Jesus is about to do something in your life supernatural that you've never seen done before. So you've got to trust God. You've got to trust God. And Jesus walks over and he touches the coffin And that just demonstrates his power, his great power. And Jesus commands this dead son. He says, young man, arise. And I want you to know that's the heart of God. He wants every dead thing to arise. Jesus has come to speak life and speak life abundantly. He has the power. The Bible says that he is the resurrection and the life. Jesus has come to give life. And there may be some things in your situation or your life today that seem to be dead. But friend, Jesus has the power to resurrect those things. He has the power to speak life and tell those things to arise again. Do you believe that? He has the power. And these miracles here, you remember Jairus' dead daughter? Jesus commanded her to arise and she came back to life Do you remember his friend Lazarus who had died? He said, Arise, Lazarus, come out of the grave, and he came back to life. All these miracles here are just proven to us that Jesus has power over death, hell, and the grave. Aren't you thankful today that Jesus has the power to resurrect dead things? Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. And Jesus, he touched the coffin, and he spoke over that dead son, and he came back to life. And I love the compassion of Jesus. He, he raises this boy back to life, and the boy began to speak, and, and then he gives the boy back to his mother. Something that she thought would never happen again. An impossible situation. But you know what I'm reminded of the day, friend, that God is the God of the impossible. That with God, all things are possible. That with God, nothing is too hard. That nothing is impossible. We sing a song here sometimes that goes, Nothing is impossible for you. Friend, I'm here to tell you right now, nothing, nothing, nothing. Look at your neighbor and say, nothing. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible for His divine intervention to come into your human matters. Jesus has power over what seems dead in your life. I want to remind you of that today. Maybe that coffin that's going out of that town, that's being carried by those pallbearers, maybe that coffin represents you spiritually. Maybe at one time you used to be on fire for God and you used to have a zeal for God, but maybe that fire has died now and now you're cold and God is trying to wake you and resurrect your life today to come back to Him. Maybe that coffin represents an unsaved loved one. Maybe a, a son or a daughter or a husband or wife or a mom or dad. Maybe that coffin represents the, the, the spirituality of somebody that's unsaved that you've been praying for and it looks like it's all over for them. Maybe that coffin represents your health today. Maybe that coffin represents your marriage today. Maybe that coffin represents your hopes and dreams like everything that you've ever dreamed for and everything that you've ever hoped for is about to be buried. But then Jesus steps in. Aren't you thankful that things change when Jesus steps in? And Jesus stepped in. And I'm reminded there was a great touch of, uh, from Jesus, a powerful touch. Listen, one Listen, one powerful touch from Jesus and you can have eternal life. One powerful touch from Jesus and your loved one can be saved. One powerful touch and Jesus can set you free from the bondage in your life. One powerful touch from Jesus and you no longer have to be bound to heroin and crack and cocaine and and whatever alcohol, whatever it is. Listen, one touch from Jesus and there's power to deliver you and set you free. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. One powerful touch And Jesus can deliver you from depression. One powerful touch from Jesus and your frail body that's dealing with sickness can be healed. One powerful touch from Jesus and your marriage can thrive again. One powerful touch from Jesus and your hopes and dreams can live again because there's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. What appeared to be dead had now been brought back to life. Are there some things in your life today that appear to be dead? Friend, Jesus can bring it back to life again. And does anybody, can anybody testify to that today and say, He's done it for me? I know he can do it again. Hallelujah. And finally, I want you to see here the great praise of the people. Verses 16 through 17. It says, the people were all filled with awe and praise God. They said, a great prophet has appeared among us, they said, God, God has come to help his people. I love, I can read that over and over. God, God has come to help his people. Hallelujah. And this news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding country. Look what happened. God did the supernatural. It was a supernatural intervention in the lives of these people, and God got the praise and God got the glory. Friend, listen, they praised God because God was helping them. When is the last time you just stopped and said, Praise your holy name, God? For for helping me get through this day, hallelujah. And listen, revival broke out. Revival, let it be here in Mount Olive, let it it be right here locally, that the news of Jesus spread everywhere and it went through the countryside, and the testimony was that God has come to help us. I pray that'll be the case for Mount Olive First PH Church, that wherever we are one day, that there'll be such testimonies that God has, God has worked miracles in here, and our testimony will be that God has come to help us. God has come to help us. We need him to help this nation. We need him to help us in this land today. Pastor Kevin, if you'll come and you come help me, please. <laughs> <clears throat> This lady here, this widow, that was from Nain, it, it looked like it was all over for her. I mean, let's just, let's just stop, step back and think about it. She's lost her husband. She's lost her son. She's lost the security for any kind of a future. And, and, and it looks like it's all over for her. In, in that coffin is dead hopes, dead dreams, dead joy, dead peace. And she can't see anything beyond that. She's looking through the natural. It appeared to be all over for her. And for the son, it didn't appear to be all over for him. It was all over for him. He was dead. He was dead. And then Jesus showed up and did the impossible. And he showed up because... He saw the pain that she was in. He saw the heartbreak she was in. And because he saw her, he came to her. He came to her. And he had to stop some things that were going on there. And after he stopped some things of doubt and despair and darkness, he stopped those things. And then he worked a miracle right there. He worked a miracle. And it may be that way for you today. Maybe it looks like it's all over for you. There may be some situations in your life, and it just looks like it's all over. It could be with your job. It could be at home. It could be in some relationships. I don't know, but the Holy Spirit knows. And it it looks like it's all over for you, and it's because you have great needs. It's because you're in a great crisis, and and you're desperate. You're desperate for God to do something beautiful again. This place I used to live in was beautiful. It was beautiful. There was so much opportunity and and things look so bright for us but then all of a sudden everything changed and our world was flipped upside down and i think about many people that are gathered here right now that that's their testimony lord just dropped something into me earlier about those places of beauty. You know, man, when you were growing up as a little child, man, it didn't get much better than that, right? You know, just that was that was it right there. Get older and you start having to work and bills and then things start happening in life. I try to remind my boys all the time that this is really about as good as it's gonna get where you are, right? You better enjoy these days while you're in school. I'm glad some of you agree with me. But I, I was thinking about that place of beauty. Man, just how easily things can just change suddenly. And you think about, I think about our family. I think about things we've all been dealt with in life. And, you know, it's a beautiful thing when the kids, you come home with them and you're from the hospital, man, and you just so excited, and you watch him grow, and I was just thinking, man, just, you know, the, you, your little boy, you, you got him on the bicycle, and you're trying to get him going for the very first time, and he's a little wobbly and unstable, but just to celebrate that little victory in his life, and man, just things are so good, and, and it's just beautiful here in the land of Nain, and you got this little girl, and she's so beautiful, and you have the little tea parties with her, and you, you play with the little dolls with her, I don't really know how that goes, cause I don't have any girls, but but you're there, and it's in the land of Nain. It's a beautiful place, and you just enjoy in this time. You're like, man, I'm so blessed. And then things happen. People grow up, and they go down different paths. And that young little boy that was on that bicycle that you love and cherish so much, you know, maybe he's got involved with crack. He's got involved with drugs, and he's gone down this path. You don't even know where he's at anymore. He's lost, and he's messed up. And that little girl that you loved and adored, she's she's selling her body so she can get drugs. She's an alcoholic. She's running away from God. And here you are, that one place that used to be named, it was so beautiful. And it's changed. Oh God, it's changed. And I'm broken. I'm broken on the inside. I'm crying out to you, oh God. I don't see any kind of future. I don't see how we're going to keep going. And in that brokenness and in that pain, Jesus sees those tears. Jesus is moved with compassion and he comes and he comes and he begins to work and display his power and he begins to get a hold of that boy. He gets to get a hold of that little girl and bring them back to God and then tell them to arise and one day they'll come up out of that coffin of death and they'll be able to speak the power of God and have a testimony of what God has done in their life. Hallelujah! 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 Maybe that will be your testimony. God spoke to my marriage and told it to arise, and he resurrected some things there, or a relationship with my family, whatever it may be. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, do it, do it. Oh, God, do it. Do it in the lives of everyone here today. I want you to stand with me very reverently, please. We're going to pray. Hallelujah. Before we pray, Pastor Kevin, would you just lead us in a little chorus here and, and let's sing to the Lord? Sing to the Lord, sing to the Lord.
1: Jesus Messiah, name above all. and Redeemer Emmanuel the rescue for sinners the ransom from heaven Jesus Messiah Blessing Redeemer Emmanuel The rescue for sinners The ransom from heaven Jesus Messiah
0: Let's pray. It may look like it's all over for you because of the sin that's in your life. But Jesus is the one that rescues us from our sin. He died on the cross, shed his blood for the forgiveness of sin. God raised him back to life and he conquered death, hell, and the grave. And through his crucifixion and resurrection, And, friend, if you will just repent and call on the name of Jesus and ask him to forgive you and invite him into your life, he can raise you back. He can raise you back. You'll become a child of God right there where you are, friend. if you need Jesus, just call on him right now and say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me. Wash me. I'm yours today, God. I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, I do this now, Lord. Friend, maybe you're here today and you have a great need in your life. We want to just declare right now that God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He changes not. He is God, Emmanuel. He is with us. And He will never abandon you. He is right there with you. He sees your cry. He knows the brokenness in your life. And He's responding today because out of compassion, He loves you. And He wants to give you that touch, that powerful touch to heal you, to help you, to encourage you, to resurrect your life. Would you just receive God's help right now? And would you just declare that I'm going to be a believer, that God is going to show up and do a miracle in my life? I'm going to trust you, God. Come on, right there where you are, friend, saying, I'm going to trust you, God. I'm going to trust you, God, for healing. I'm going to trust you, God, for deliverance. I'm going to trust you, God, to restore some things that have been just messed all up. I'm going to trust you, God, to put things back together for your glory. And God, I'm going to trust you that you see me. He sees you, friend. He sees you. I'm going to trust you that you care for me. I'm going to trust you, God, that you're going to powerfully touch my life. And Lord, I'm going to give you all the praise and I'm going to give you all the glory for who you are and for what you've done. I give you praise, Jesus. Jesus, we need you. And may our testimony be that we praise you, God, because you've come to help your people. In Jesus' name we pray.